Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 2023 is in the books. Flames are in that mushy middle again, such as life is a Flames fan. 500 hockey, baby. Let's go. You're not kidding either, Chris. We're at exactly 500 winning percentage whoop, whoop. these days, uh, which is, you know, better than most of the season, but still, you know, not good enough to be really anywhere close to a wild card team. I mean, this we're we're Flames fans, Dylan. Come on, this is this is our Stanley Cup. 500 is our Stanley Cup. It always has been. Um, yeah, just I'm just wondering if this parade will be on Stephen Avenue Mall, on Eighth Avenue, Ninth Avenue, or Seventeenth Avenue on the Red Mile. What do you think? Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking that that uh, really bad mall beside State, that one that it should just do a party right there. Ah, yes. I yes, can't. That sounds good. Called. I mean, there's a flame <laughs> store. There's a flame store in that mall, so it makes sense. There's- there is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, here we are sitting 16, 16, and 5, which is as average as you can get. Uh, three points out of a wild card spot with, uh, you know, one more games game played than the Coyotes who hold that second wild, wild card spot. Um, and we're just going to continue being super average until we start selling some of these players off. But uh, is what it is, man. Can't can't rush it. I know that a lot of the people that watch this show, uh, a lot of Flames fans are ready to sell some of the players off and that type of stuff. But uh, there is some something to be said for Conroy actually waiting and making sure he gets the right return. Right. Like I think the Zadarov mm-hmm. thing was necessary because I think he was causing distractions in the room and he was, um, you know, he, he wanted out. So we let him out and honestly, the team started playing a lot better for the most part once he left. And I don't say no, I'm not saying that's because he sucked or anything like that. 
everybody knows I'm not a huge fan of him, but he wasn't the reason we were losing. But uh, him leaving did, you know, in an unrelated situation, him leaving kind of helped the team pick up their uh, morale, I think, a little bit. Yeah, you know, if there's something that's plaguing the dressing room, obviously getting rid of that is is going to help the team moving forward. Um, not sure how much of a rift there was between him and the players, but um, obviously it was reported that that it was it, it was as such. So yeah. it's it's hard to say, right? Obviously, getting rid of a guy that asked to to be traded is is the best move for the organization, regardless. Um, you know say say what we will about what the return was you know obviously it was a bit of a rush situation and and they dealt with it and and everybody has moved on and it's one thing if it's a high leverage asset like no shade throwing it at uh, nikita zadarov or anything like that but he's a fifth sixth defenseman right he's not a super high leverage asset that you're you know, you need to wait on, right? You, you're mm -hmm. not losing out on a first round pick. You might have lost out on the second round pick, but you know, it's yeah. not the biggest of deals in my my opinion. No, no, exactly. I mean, we we could have got something better for him. I think you know, slightly. Um, like I said, uh, even last night in the. In the in the live show we had there, my my biggest gripe was was the return and the the amount of years in which we have to wait to get that. Um, yeah, you you did mention that you know potentially that that will likely be used in a in an in addition to bring back bigger pieces, better pieces, that sort of thing, which you know could very well be. Yeah, yeah. Eh, is what it is. It's yeah, it's really no big deal. Uh, Exactly. You know, Flames have been playing well, and and by well, I don't mean winning every game. Like it would be nice to to get some more wins, I guess. But uh, the games have been very entertaining lately, and some of the players have really stepped up and and started producing, and it's been fun to watch. Like, mm -hmm. you know, even even if they're not producing to the extent that we'd like them to. It's still nice to see them, you know, specifically Huberto and Mangiapane kind of get off their snide. Mangiapane had a three-assist game, one uh, against the Flyers. And, um, you know, Huberto's got a couple points in his last uh, last couple games. And, and both of those points were really nice plays. So, yeah, <clears throat> can't really hate on any of that. Got to like it. It's you know it's it's good for the future. It's good it's good to build something around for you know next year 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 after that you know more more ideally the the twenty twenty seven season we have a new arena and and really looking for ticket sales and stuff like that in the in the new barn. I think uh, that'll be the key when when this when this team truly comes together because. Yeah, you know, obviously it's going to be a pretty different looking club between now and then, in in my opinion. Yeah, it should be, and you know, to me, the main thing is 
even for people like you and I who are looking for, you know, a rebuild or a retool or whatever you want to call it, you know, two, three years of, of you know, higher draft picks and, and maybe not doing the best, it's still important to have an exciting product mm-hmm. and you're not going to have an exciting product most likely unless your $10.5 million player is playing exciting hockey. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's um, exactly it. This specifically to, to Huber, though, obviously. And it's been good. Like, even before those couple games where he got points, he was still slowly getting better, I think. And he's been, you know, nowhere near where he needs to be. Don't get me wrong. Even, even after these last couple games, nowhere near where he needs to be. But it's still been, you know, better. And... Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people shitting on, you know, media and fans for saying that uh, it's something to build off of, but that's exactly what it is, right? Like, you can you can say that sh- that's a shitty thing to say, but it's a correct thing to say, in my opinion. Well, that's just it. I mean, take it or leave it. Huberdeau's going to be with us for a, a while. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not exactly a tradable contract at, at this point. Um, it's, I mean, damn near buyout proof at this stage. It's so, buyout proof for the vast majority of it. Yeah. So it's just not, it's not in the cards. So, I mean, you can shit on him all you want, but he's going to be around. So might as well hope he produces. You know? Yeah. And, and, and he's been, you know, it's it's been more exciting, and that's that's all I can really ask for at this point as a person who, you know, wants us to get some higher draft picks and start selling and stuff. You know, it's nice to be able to actually watch and have fun watching while hopefully getting to where we want to go. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Make it exciting. Um, obviously, they're they're playing a different brand of hockey than they did last year under the Sutter system. Um, yeah, it goes without saying. Um, you know, not saying they're not defensively responsible now, but it's not the main focus of the entire game. Yep. You know, they're actually we're actually able to see some some really good offensive talent and uh, some just incredible playmaking from a couple of key players that will be in my opinion moving this bus forward you know for a few years to come yeah no yeah. i agree so speaking of the last couple of games there obviously we did a live last night after the after the uh the wild shellacking on a tuesday night that <laughs> was uh what what a rip roaring good time that was I, I was trying to figure out which team was actually trying to lose. And then all of a sudden we, we, you know, we picked up the pace near the end of the third, thankfully, and, uh, and, and pulled out the victory. And to be fair, I mean, this game isn't fooling anyone. We, we beat a team who, you know, the, the final score was three to one. Um, Blake Coleman iced it with an empty netter. But uh, so really it was a 2-1 game. 
and we beat a team who was missing Kirill Kaprizov and Jonas Brodin, you know, Kaprizov being their best scorer, Brodin being basically their version of Tanev and their starting goaltender, right? Like those are three really important pieces that they're missing right now. And it was their first game without uh, both Gustafsson and uh, Kaprizov. So, you know, it's yeah, nothing were... to celebrate, but it was a fun game to watch, and we got to see. Uh, and and Mark Andre Fleury is no slouch, right? He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but yeah. uh, no, long time. Oh, yeah. Well, he is right. He's he's not the the same goalie that he was when he was um, watching another goalie win cups for uh, Pittsburgh. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but you're right. I mean, they you know the the Wild had you know some key key players not playing like you know Felino and and uh, Kaprizov as you said. I guess Felino too. Yeah. So I mean, those those are. Those are some pretty key players to to win in games, and I mean, at the end of the day, we we literally just leapfrogged another five hundred club. So, like they're 30, 36 games in and thirty six points. So, you know, at the yeah. end of the end of the day, it was you know pretty much even competition as far as standing goes in in just progression of both teams. Yeah. The, uh, the wild haven't looked great and the flames have been kind of up and down a bit of a rocky road for well, pretty much the entire season. Yeah. And last. <laughs> right. And last. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it was a tough transition from uh, how good things were two seasons ago. Right. Sorry about that. What you doing? I just fucking around. (laughs) (laughs) Computer glitched out a little bit there. Yeah, it does that. Yeah. Um, Either way, give Andrew Mangiapani some some uh, credit. You know, you and I are both not uh, Mangiapani fans, but uh, that tip. That he scored the the tip in uh, off the Anderson shot was quite impressive, to be honest. Um, because for the last couple of years, him standing there right in front of the net hasn't been happening because he's been pushed over too easy and and all that type of stuff. So it's been really nice to see him stand his ground a little bit, and that was a nice tip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I I didn't I didn't think that he actually got his stick on it at first, but uh, after watching the replay, it was it was pretty impressive because I mean it was wasn't a, wasn't a low shot. It was it was in the air and he had to hit it out of the air. Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, Flurry was in position for it too, so he actually had to tip it by him. It wasn't like he just tipped a puck that was already on its way through, right? He mm-hmm. tipped it and made it go by him. Yeah. Um, and then how about that Huberto goal? Like, let's let's just stop and appreciate that for a little bit because quite honestly, like, we've been searching for a year and a half now 
to find anybody who can have just a little bit of chemistry with Huberto. And that whole play, the, you know, sh the Sharangovich pass over to, to Lindholm and that Lindholm pass to Huberto and the Huberto little dangle around Flurry, like the whole play as a whole is kind of exactly what we have been searching for. Mm -hmm. And there's been flashes of of big tape-to-tape -tape passes. And we'll talk about the tape in a second too, but, you know, it's it's just been really nice to see because I think, you know, they've tried to force Huberto and Kadri. They've tried to force Huberto and Lindholm. They've tried to force um, Mangiapani with Huberto. Like, they've tried to force so much. And I think what they needed to do was to get guys going separately and yep. then bring them together. And that's kind of what's happened. And now, you know, the whole, that whole line is, is looking really good. It's looking like a first line. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. And I, I think putting um, Jaron Govich on that line is, is a pretty key um, piece Component. to that component to that to that line right now i think him and huberto will be really good together i really do you know, and Sharon i hope Govich... for, for, for years to come because i don't see any you know signs of sharing govich not wanting to be in calgary like i think he's liked his like from what i can tell he's liked his time here he was kind of not wanted by an organization and brought in by an organization that wanted him and yeah. been given lots of opportunity and been playing high leverage minutes on both sides of special teams and five on five. And he's just, um, you know, it'd be nice to see him get a relatively lengthy, you know, uh, extension after this season. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, given what appears to be him having a good time, obviously we don't know. He doesn't uh, – I mean, he tries his damnedest in, in interviews, but he's – It's he's, actually funny, and, and like, it it shouldn't be funny, but it is because sometimes he says things, and then he realizes what he said, and then he starts laughing too. But yeah, there's right. been a few times where he's just he's, – he's just answers the question completely wrong, and it's actually like everyone laughs and – no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think he's going to be a, a a good piece moving forward. Personally, yeah. I'm I'm hoping that you know we can give him a you know a three year deal maybe, and and uh, and and see what he can truly make with this club. I think given the right pieces, he's going to be a a, a really good. I'm going to say 25, maybe 30 goal scorer for a, a number of years i think i think he has it in him uh, given somebody that that can pass the puck to him get him get him uh in, into into the position to shoot right yeah and like it could happen at some point during his tenure here but at this point we don't really have any players who are very much more skilled than him mm -hmm. that are going to pass him on on the depth chart like that's part of why 
uh, New Jersey passed up on him and, and decided to send him over for, for Toffoli is because, um, you know, he was passed over and, you know, guys like Hughes and Brat and all those guys started getting more ice time and Sharon Govich got less and lost all of his confidence because of it. And to be fair, those guys are better than him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's now in a position where he is, you know, the best option for the first line and for the second penalty killed unit and for the first power play unit. And I'm hoping they, they throw Huberto back up on that unit and, and uh, capitalize mm-hmm. on the chemistry that has been building. Yeah, I agree. And given, you know, potentially there's a, a chance that he, he would gel with, with Zari as well, you know, speaking to somebody that has that playmaking ability and, you know, can can get pucks to people when you don't think that there's a chance that it's going across and getting there. I think, I think, uh, you know, given you know, if we're able to eventually get some true top line uh, wingers to play with, with and, and a center obviously to to play on that line, then you know, Zari and 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 Sharon Govich might be a a good pairing in in on the second line. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, that would be nice. As much as I've liked Pospisil, I think he's better fitted to a bottom six role just in, in the grand scheme of things, which is, no, there's nothing wrong with that, right? You you, you need those no. guys. And, and, and no, he's a seventh round draft pick, I believe sixth maybe, that, that ended up making the NHL several several years and several injuries later. So he's mm-hmm. beat all the odds and, and honestly being a, a third third liner fourth liner uh for your career from that draft position is pretty impressive so well it is and i i'm i'm hoping that he can maintain a a a middle six but you know but you're you're probably right i mean the way he crashes and bangs and you know he's he's he can be an energy player on that on that bottom line as well so yeah there's i i think i think the only thing that will limit Pospisil is Pospisil himself. I yeah. think I think he needs to get back into uh, putting points on the on the board. I mean, he's, he definitely brings the energy, even though he was sat for quite a bit of last night's game, only playing nine minutes uh, against yeah. the Wild. So obviously, Huska saw something he didn't like in his game last night, and and such yeah. is life. And to be fair, Azari hasn't popped off the page the last couple games either, but. Yeah. Uh, He's still, I, I believe, been our best forward since the day he got called up on November first. Right. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. The last few games, he's been somewhat invisible, which, which isn't going to help help with the uh, <laughs> the fans, you know, stuff like that. Because everybody's still, even though we're winning games, but people are still kind of on on the edge of their seat waiting for something not sure what that something is though do you know what that something is nope no me neither. No, no idea i've got some ideas but well tell us then i mean obviously we need to start making trades but is now the time are there <laughs> teams that can uh they can eat up that that uh salary or, or do we have to wait another 
month, month and a half for the uh, deadline. Yeah. Well, personally, I think we're going to have another – well, it's like two months till the deadline still. Is it? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, it's March 8th, and we're only on uh, January 3rd right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I was just looking at the schedule ahead, and this this is fucked. Have you looked at it at all? Are you talking about the Tuesday, Thursday? No, I'm talking about Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, Sunday. Oh, 11 a.m. Yeah. in Philly, and then 1 p.m. in Chicago. Back to backs. Fuck. Yeah, it's pretty... Fuck? That's that's pretty bad. <laughs> that's absurd to me. Uh, two afternoon games back to back with travel. That's fun. Uh, anyways, at least at least there's an hour difference between Chicago and Philly. I believe. Isn't Philly in the? East, Philly's in the uh, Atlantic, so I'd hope that it's. Yeah, it's in the Eastern Time Zone. Yeah. Chicago's in the Central. Yeah. Oh well. Um, so who had Dennis Gilbert on the bingo card? For uh, speaking of Philly, because we were playing against Philly when it happened, but for uh, scoring the goal that busted Huberto's point slump. Other than Dennis Gilbert, probably nobody. Dennis Gilbert didn't even like. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the interview after the game, but he pretty much just sat there and shat on himself for not being a skilled player for five minutes while everyone else was like all of the interview, all, like all the media guys were trying to talk him up. He was like, Oh, that's not my game. Uh, I never would have thought I could do something like that. <laughs> Just stuff like that. It was kind of funny, but it was a hell of a shot. It was, a, it was a snipe show and it was a hell of a pass. And even the um, Blake Coleman, coming down the, the wing on the boards, getting wrestled off the puck and mm. hit into the boards pretty hard and getting the puck to Huberto for for the nice dish over the Gilbert was just the whole play was was really nice. Yeah. So yeah. it was nice to see. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a beauty goal. Yeah. Um, I think that was his first of the year, right? Gilbert, sure. yeah. To the year, I think, I think it's just he's got three more of those in him for the year. I'd say two more. That two would be more? my guess. Holy, yeah. holy! He's gonna get more games and more time as as guys like, uh, you know, whether it's Tanev or Hannafin or both get dealt. You're gonna have guys like Gilbert stepping up and just getting more ice time, right? So. Generally speaking, with more ice time comes a little bit more offensive opportunity, even for guys who aren't offensively uh, gifted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Although absolutely. that shot made, made it look like... Uh, oh. Yeah, if he does Maybe more he of that. <laughs> yeah, if he does more of that, then you know he's got my vote. I mean, he's already riding a career high in points at seven. Why, why put that kind of stress on the man? Yeah. And he's tied his career high in goals with one. Not bad. Yeah. 
And then again, Blake Coleman icing the game with a empty net goal. Although um, we were up by two, and uh, and then what's his nuts? Uh, Brink. John Tortorella pulled the goalie, mm. and then Bobby Brink scored. And then he pulled the goalie again, and then Coleman scored. And then he pulled the goalie again, and then Zamula scored, whoever the fuck that is. Yeah. And then uh, and then the game ended. So there was three three goals scored with the empty net, and two of them were from the other team. Yeah, the – I mean, and those, those goals came, you know, early, right? You know, Brink scored at uh, 16.36 of the – of the third. So, I mean, there was, there was like four minutes left when Tortorella pulled, pulled yeah. the goalie there. So, I mean, I mean, he was trying. Well, he was coaching knew. for you. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for the blazing speed of Blake Coleman, you know, that, that plan would have worked out and they would have tied did, it up. Did you see the game stats for that game? We, we, had 18 giveaways and they had five. Yeah. yeah. I really honestly, like, like obviously <clears throat> there's something to read into the, those stats, but mm-hmm. I find it really hard to actually believe like even, you know what I mean? Like I, what constitutes as a giveaway? Because I've seen blatant giveaways that they don't count as giveaways and i've seen you know things that aren't even at all a giveaway been count you know what i mean well well yeah when you look at you know even the nhl site there and they break down their the the game there they've got their giveaways and then right below that they have the takeaways you know so what is it is it a giveaway or a takeaway you know what what actually transpired in that play it's it's much like it's much like uh most of the the rules in the NHL, right? They, it's it's left Pretty to subjective. very subjective, right? It de- yeah. depends on how they feel that day. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, we had 18, 18 uh, giveaways to their five, but we also had twelve takeaways to their nine, right? Oh. So whatever the hell that all means, because <laughs> you know what, winning the game is more important. Exactly. Oh, and a few days before that, we played Seattle. Um, Chris Dreger comes out of uh, the AHL playing his first NHL game in two years, I believe it was. Something like that. Um, So yeah, you know almost, how that's... almost two years. It's like a year and eight or a year and nine months, something like that. And uh, turned away 37 of 38 flame shots. Seattle beat us two to one. Um, yeah. No, not much to say on this game, honestly. Dreger did, did kind of goalie us, I thought, but uh, whatever. I'm not overly crushed over it. No, I mean it is what it is. I mean, we've we've done fairly well against Seattle so far. Um, yeah. It was a tight game. 
It was a really tight game. I mean, we were kicking some ass in the in the pace off, which was which is great. We actually got a uh, power play goal, which you know, great trend going on there. Uh, 60 uh 67 in the faceoff dot is pretty pretty good yeah it's pretty decent yeah. yamamoto has kind of been like whether the oil for the oilers or for the kraken he's kind of played really fucking good against us hey mm-hmm. for a guy who's usually like a third or fourth line guy yeah, yeah he's always had our number right he's always up points when he was in Edmonton he would you know he was he was at at the beginning it was surprising and then it became not surprising anymore there's just certain just players that like to play tiring. certain teams yeah definitely tiring yeah yeah also I I remember a few times twice actually I'm not gonna say a few I'm gonna say twice um he got away with some pretty dirty fucking elbows just because he's small Mm-hmm. Um, but is what it is. I mean, he um, totally reminds me of a of a Paul Byron. I was gonna say, you know what? We never even <laughs> talked about that beforehand, and I was gonna say Paul Byron. He really does remind me of Byron. Yeah, I mean, small but super gritty. Not afraid. And of the bunny. Yeah, and fast, right? Both yeah. very fast players. They can create plays. You know, when when you're least expecting it, and yeah, that was one of those. That that was that was one of those great, great moves, right? Putting him on waivers. Paul Byron. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was that Feaster? That seems like a Feaster thing. Sure seems like a Feaster thing. Yeah. <clears throat> Whoops. Yeah. Um, asset management. <laughs> what? We don't do that here, Dylan. No. We no. Don't fucking. Hopefully, do Conroy puts a stop to that. Trim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. A couple of the games coming up in the NHL this week. We got the Calgary Flames versus the Nashville Predators, both coming in at minus 110. Got the Winnipeg Jets versus Tampa Bay Lightning, both also coming in at minus 110. Got the Edmonton Oilers versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes coming in at minus 142. Devils versus Detroit Red Wings. Devils coming in at minus 155. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY as 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. It's void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved.
Well, Chris, it's 2024 now. So let's set some goals for the Flames for 2024 because they're definitely listening. Connery, listen to us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but, it's, good um, if, it's good if Conroy listens, but we need to get uh, the big cheese, Mr. Murray Edwards, to start listening. Yeah, well, we might have to start speaking Swiss. <sighs> I have to learn some of that. Um, anyways... Chris and I are going to talk about one wish, one goal that we'd like the Flames to, uh, you know, set and achieve over the next calendar year. Um, pretty broad, anything goes. So I'll let you start. All right. My hope for the new year is to go on a bit of a skid and get out of this mushy middle. The, uh, the 500 club is just bullshit and is not going to get this team anywhere. So I think we need to allow teams like Minnesota and Montreal and Buffalo and Columbus to jump over us in the standings and let us finish somewhere in the bottom five to give us that chance for the for a, for a good first-round pick for next year. Yeah. And in the, with that being said, obviously, I think we're going to need to uh, have a few of our players traded away because I, I, I want more than one first-round pick next year. I want three first-round picks next year. I'm not too fussy, uh, and I agree with you, but I'm not too fussy if it's three first-round picks next this year or if it's mm. two this year and two next year or yeah. whatever. I just want to make sure that we maximize those assets. Yep. Um, specifically, Hannafin and Lindholm. Um, and I, I do believe and I really hope that no matter what else comes in those packages, we get at least one first round pick for them. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I feel like there could be another couple seconds or another second and a couple thirds coming from some other trades. Uh, but I'm not sure. I personally, I've kind of decided I, I would like to keep Chris Tanev because when it comes to developing players, I feel like, you know, young defensemen develop very nicely next to Chris Tanev. Mm -hmm. And I think that that would be important. I don't think that young defensemen are going to specifically develop as nicely as they do next to Tanev if they're next to Hannafin. And I don't think that young forwards i don't think that you know as much as i like lindholm and i think he's a great two-way player i don't think that he's a teacher like a bergeron was right um i think that he's just really good at doing it himself and i don't see him being a teacher like bergeron you know what i mean yeah no for sure and, and given the fact that we only have two defensemen under contract for next season, um, that being Mackenzie Weger and Rasmus Anderson. Um, you know, I, I mean, I would 
prefer to get a good return for Chris Tanev and, and, you know, maybe do something like that at the deadline and see if we can't sign him back, you know, in the, in the off season. Yeah. I think that would be the, the route. If we talk to him and say, you know, simply, you know, I'm going to try and give you a chance to, to win a cup, but we'd like to, and we'd like you to entertain the possibility of coming back, you know, cause you are, you know, a fan favorite here. You're, you're a part of the team. You know, I'm not sure how we how receptive you would be to that, but that would be. I'm not sure. Bit... He doesn't seem like the type of guy who's who would be super pumped on being traded by an organization because they don't want him, and then going back to that organization. Right. Um, but you never know. Like I know that he likes it in Calgary, and I I think that that would be a good way to go. Obviously. Um, and not having Tanev would really help our draft pick situation for this year, as far as tanking the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it would cause a bunch of losses, and it would probably cause Mark Shrim to want out. <laughs> but uh, or it it could it, anyway. It could even better. Yeah, <laughs> but I still, if it's between that. And not like I'd rather keep him mm-hmm. than lose him and not be able to re-sign him in in free agency because I do think that having a veteran like him is important and also good to for culture. Um, I mean, you can already tell he's rubbed off on Gilbert. He has he doesn't even pair mm-hmm. with Gilbert. Right, Gilbert lays down in front of everything now, as far as shot blocking is concerned. He's gotten way better defensively, and, and yeah. um, I'd like to see that from you know Kuznetsov and Solovyov and uh, Poirier. I think oh, if you look at what what Tanev did for guys like uh, Quinn Hughes and and Oliver Shillington. Mm-hmm. I think uh, he's probably. I wouldn't be surprised if he's back next year too, but uh, I wouldn't. You know, I think that specifically Tanev with Poirier seems like a good way to get Poirier acclimatized to the NHL and uh, learning how to play defense a little bit better because that's been his knock, right? Yeah. For sure. And who who are you saying you wouldn't be surprised if he's back next year? Uh Shillington. As far as uh as far as uh signing a contract if he comes back and starts playing again. Um I mean I, if, if I think if Craig signs him to a contract, that'll be he'll he'll be freaking strung up and ran out of town. You think so? I mean he, I mean he's missed two full seasons. Like what, what is half. I, I think I, I do think he's gonna come back and play at some point this year. I don't think I, I didn't think that at the beginning of the season, and I, I I haven't thought that since you know halfway through last season, but I think recently kind of the buzz around has been that he's been practicing with the team, he's been around the team a lot, and I I do think he's gonna come back and play a little bit. Um, you know me, 
even when the Shillington is at his finest, which was two years ago or whatever, um, I'm not his biggest fan, but on the ice, but it would be a cool story to see him come back and play some games this season. Um, yeah. But I don't think it would cause Conroy to be strung up or anything because I think it would be, a, I don't think it would be an expensive thing. I think it would be a fucking cheap, cheap deal. Um, cause what has he done to earn anything except that? Plus the organization has given him so much of the benefit of the doubt and the, all that type of stuff. Right. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, but that's kind of way, way off topic. <laughs> um, yeah. plus just as a side note there, I guess if we have no defensemen, like you're saying, like, you know, we, ha- we have Anderson and Uyghur signed for next year, right? So there's, yeah. you know, the chance that they would just re-sign him too, right? But uh, my wish for or my uh, uh, New Year's hope for the Flames, and I know we've touched on this a bit, but... Uh, I'm not usually one for individual accolades over over uh, team accolades when it comes to hockey, but I think that continued chemistry between specifically between Sharon Govich and and Huberto. Um mm-hmm. because as you said earlier, it's seven and a half more years of Huberto. And if it's seven and a half more years of the Huberto we've had for the past year and a half, um, that will be fucking miserable. Every second of it will be a miserable to watch. Yeah. So even if it's seven and a half years of the last two games, that's so much better. And yeah. The last, last, I mean, I give it you know, the last two weeks, really. I, I even, even though there there wasn't a lot of production when he was playing with Coleman and uh, and Backlund, I still appreciated his play, and it looked like him and Coleman were were jiving pretty well together. But and he, I agree. Um, and he learned how to play, you know, defense a little bit better and and get a little bit better with the system and all that type of stuff, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, engaged in more board battles and stuff like that, which I kind of thought he's been doing most of the season. Um, but I think that him being on that line helped cut back his giveaways. Right. A little bit. Yeah, but that's fair. All that to be said, and all, all of that is is correct, but I think all that to be said Ten and a half million dollars is being paid for the guy to put up points. Huberto wasn't paid to become a third line grinder or a third line <laughs> shutdown player. You know that, that that that's why we extended Michael Backlund. That's right. Um, but uh, yeah, that's my my hope for the Flames. Um, my first 
you know, New Year's wish for the Flames would have been the same as yours, but just in the interest of doing something different. I think uh, I think Huberto specifically, and if it's Sharon Govich with him that does it, which mm-hmm. it seems like it has been partially, but Huberto being a dynamic force, or at least more of a more of a dynamic force than he has been the rest of his tenure in in Calgary would be, yeah, perfect. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's true. That's so. That's your wish, eh? Chemistry. It's not that's bad. My hope. Chemistry. Yeah. Um. And everyone listening, watching on YouTube, listening, whatever, put in the comment section down below what your biggest hope or your biggest wish for the Flames for 2024 is, and uh, let us know. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like uh, that's a good place to to end things end things off with uh, with a quick little wish list from the two of us. Yeah, like it. Remember to follow us on X at Armchair GM underscore Pod. Yeah. Um, hit us up on Facebook. We uh, have been doing some live streams uh, after games every couple weeks. We've done a couple Nashville ones. We did the Minnesota game the other day. Um, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and. Uh, Spotify, uh, check out the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, we're on all their feeds as well as, as uh, they've got shows on pretty much every team in the league, yep. as well as some pretty pretty fun shows about uh, enforcers and fourth line grinders and stuff like that. Actually, there, there's some pretty interesting shows on there. So check mm-hmm. them out. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for listening. It's been uh, a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. Go Flames, go.